Okay, Nuggets Nation, hello once again. Welcome to the 24K Podcast. Christopher Dempsey, Katie Wingy, to my right. And we have a very, very special guest for you guys today. It is the president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly. Welcome we are to in D.C., but it's not that president. <laughs> Dempsey's presidential suite. <laughs> the first time I've heard Chris's game show voice, which is kind of process right now. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's I can impressive just turn is that one, on. one word. Tell them what she's just, won, Johnny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we ain't ready to be proud. Huh? <laughs> um, well, so of all the people that I thought about when this basketball team clinched its first playoff spot, since 2013 you were the first one um the text (laughs) you didn't reach out to me didn't share that that moment (laughs) first of all you were not in boston that day i was you know i've been traveling for uh eight days with conference tournaments um where where were you when the i was uh on the sofa Watch the game. <laughs> you so uh, yeah, if, if I'd have gone to Boston and then stayed on the reign of the trip, I'd have been gone for two weeks and uh, not not be as cool as a husband or father to be gone for two weeks. So um, <laughs> it, it was uh, a really neat moment. I wish I was there. Uh, you know, got countless calls and texts. Um, you weren't amongst that group. But, I, but, that I, but yeah. not for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mo called right after Josh was in France, called it whatever time it was, three in the morning in France. Um, and then we had a couple guys on our staff went out and grabbed a beer afterwards and rewatched the game at the bar. And rewatched the yeah, game. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> uh, just what are your emotions? I mean, this has been a long process to get to this point. And, and, and for you, you've been here since the, the absolute beginning of it. What, what, what are your emotions? You know, it's, we thought we were a playoff team, but you know, we thought we were a playoff team last year. And I, I was proud of how our teams played the last couple of years. Certainly it didn't end where we had hoped it was going to end. As the year developed, I think there was kind of a, a general cynicism league-wide. Could we sustain this level of play? And, and we were quite confident we could. Um, I've been lying to you. I thought we were going to be first place as we're sitting here you know, um, in March. Um, but I thought we were a playoff team, but you don't know until you know. And, and given our recent uh, lack of playoff um, success or make the playoffs, excuse me, it's neat to finally make it. And it's, um, I think it's especially neat to, to do it in that fashion, kind of you know, clinch on your own, not wait for a loss or – um, playing a really, really good Boston team in, in one of the toughest environments in the NBA. You mentioned you'd be lying if you said that you thought we'd be in first mm-hmm. here, the Nuggets would be in first place. What has surprised you most about the way that this season has gone so far? I think, you know, as you guys well know, I'm so overly optimistic and positive at times. That's, I err quite often on that. So I think surprising is, I guess, how quickly some of these guys who never had roles – that they've been thrust upon, thrust into, have succeeded at the highest level. Uh, you look at Monte, look at Malik, uh, with Wancho's six weeks of basketball when you know it's when we were decimated by injuries. Um, I think collectively those guys that you don't know how they are going to react in this level of play, and they've all you know, played so well. So that's the probably the most proud slash surprising part. Well, yeah, can you speak to how rare that is? Because I, I just in when teams take the significant injuries that this one has. And then to have the players that you just mentioned kind of step up and, and you don't, you know, it's, it's hard to know what they're going to put on the court sometimes. Just how rare is that when they all seem to step up in a single season and, and help you get to this team, get to where it is. I think they, they push each other and our coaches staff does such a wonderful job developing these guys. And you know, we, everybody in the NBA is talented. The talent, are you given the opportunity to show that talent? And once given the opportunity to produce, you know, it's a make or miss league. And I think, um, what's neat is, like, I, I was pretty confident Monte Morris was going to be a good player. I think Monte Morris is going to be the player that he is right now this year, 
this quickly? Absolutely not. Uh, we knew Malik's talent was there. Uh, he, Malik's was about consistency. Uh, we get on Malik quite a bit. He'd make or bad miss. You know, make your misses look like your makes. Um, so to see him develop into an elite shooter, uh, so we we knew they were capable. But that's also um, that's again one of my uh, weaknesses. I, I think everyone's capable, and I think they all can play. And <laughs> now that um, these guys, excuse me, given the opportunity and have ran with it. It's neat to see that uh, we can add further young pieces to our core and know these guys are reliable and guys that we can build build with and build upon. You you talk about the core and the culture that's been established within uh, this franchise. What was your ultimate goal when you took over, and how would you evaluate that process? You now, my ultimate goal, you know, I think initially a mistake I, I certainly made. I think you kind of keep one foot in, one foot out. Um, and I think in this, this league, you're either getting better or worse. Um, so we had some, um, you know, we had some unfortunate circumstances initially with some injuries. And I think we're kind of chasing a goal that wasn't high. The bar wasn't high enough. Um, so when we decided to reshuffle, um, like Josh talks about it all the time. And it, it sounds cliche and corny, but I believe it. So let's have fun. So we wanted to kind of do it our way, and we wanted to focus on self-motivated guys, guys that love basketball, guys that um, don't make every day when you come to the uh, arena drudgery. You know, the guys that are you know, guys that you're proud to represent the team and organization, and obviously really talented guys. We looked. Uh, my staff makes fun of me a lot. I say nice guys. It's like a Baltimore. Like he's nice. <laughs> like I don't know. We can talk about pick and roll. This that dude is nice. So I think those things collectively is something that we focused upon, and we're lucky enough that some of those guys are nice. You know, both on and off the court. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the structure of the the whole front office as a whole, and 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 the culture of that, and and how it's run, how. Uh, how much did, were you insistent that that change and and change in in the in the way that you molded it to be? It seems like it seems like everybody has fun. Everybody, it just is a very lighthearted. Yeah, I think in professional sports, too often, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in professional sports since '96. So I guess um, the first four years, gratis, you know, not paid, but <laughs> um, it's become really corporate, and it's become, um, you know, at, at times you feel like you're working at an accounting firm. No. Disrespect to CPAs, <laughs> my, my cousin's coming out as a CPA, yeah. but I, I think, you know, we're all in sports because of the passion we have for sports. Uh, you don't get in for the paycheck, um, except Chris, who's, you know, <laughs> multimedia star sure. across numerous platforms. But can't find pay- text. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have time. And I, I didn't realize this was a video podcast either, so apologies for the, <laughs> the workout shirt. Um, no, but I, I think it's become way too corporate. I think... Uh, I have colleagues that if you close your eyes and hear them talk, you think they're talking about a hedge fund, not you know, human beings. You know, you, you don't want to make these guys seem like they're assets. You have to enjoy the process because you can't, uh, you know, you can't affect wins and losses. Um, I think you have to be process oriented. If, if you chase results, you're constantly changing midstream and, and we have no control over that. We can do everything right. And if, uh, you know, that shot against Dallas doesn't fall, we talk about why we lost. Right. He makes that shot, we talk about why we won. To me, that's laughable, you know. Make sure your processes are sound. Make sure um, when you make mistakes, they're informed. But uh, if you're not having fun doing it, then you know, I, I could do other jobs and uh, have more time off and, and not worry about where I'm going to live every couple of years. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a huge um, void right now in professional sports where um, there's so many really, really smart people in sports but they've lost the fun quotient, and that's why we're all in it. How do you find those people? You know what I mean? Like, how are you evaluating if guys are nice, <laughs> yeah. if they're going to be uh, fun the, when you bring them in? The nice part's easy, because you can watch a guy for five minutes like, that guy's nice, you know? <laughs> like, I went to a really fun game last night, Harvard-Georgetown, went over there with Thomas. Um, it was actually funny. It was myself, Thomas, my brother Pat, 
Calvin Booth and Roger Mason, and we're eating at a restaurant right by Georgetown and another restaurant right next to Georgetown. So I kept telling Mace, who's a DC guy, we're at the tombs, we're at the tombs. He's like, yo, I'm at the tombs, you're not here. So we're at the tombs. I was at the sister restaurant, 1789. <laughs> so the third time we went around, it just so happened that Mike Pence had just walked in 1789. Oh, so, so Secret Service grabbed Roger, like <laughs> grabbed him, frisked him, checked him. Um, so we were at a game last night with it. There was a kid that's gonna, you know, it's nice. He's not ready yet, but you sit there like, man, you know, he, he's playing hard, he gets to the rim, he's got a handle. You know, he doesn't need to be, um, handheld to play basketball i mean you play you, you know that what it means some, yeah. some people are, are you know step by step pedestrian players some guys are, are nice so i think that part's easy the the personality fit is we do a ton of background and then you guess you know you don't know how they're going to be impacted by the nba lifestyle you don't know what it's going to be like after they get their first paycheck i mean i, I was in dc we had a great guy he's still a great guy great guy <laughs> that got here three times a week church, you know, never went out. And after year one, he had two houses and three cars and was going out three, four times a, right. a, a week. And we couldn't breathe to that. So a lot of that's luck. You go with your gut, you know, you meet these guys, you talk to sources that you trust, guys that you know well. Um, and then you cross your fingers, hope that uh, Denver takes them and they take to Denver. We've been unbelievably fortunate that um, in my time in Denver, everyone, um, I think, maybe one or two guys ever come to me and said, I don't want to be in Denver. Yeah. And, and we've had guys, when we initially acquired them, said, I don't want to be in Denver. Mm -hmm. We said, you know, give it give it a little time and see what you think. If you don't like it, then we'll move you. Um, so I think the culture that the Cronkies, our entire staff, all you guys have created, and the city, it's, um, it's allowed for us to get the right type of guys in, and then they really enjoy Denver, so it makes it even that much easier because they bought in completely. Well, selling Denver was a, was a, was a big deal. I remember when you got here, I, mean, I think it was, I see this was... Uh, can't remember what the player was so he comes in for uh, a workout mm -hmm. and and uh, during the media session um, you know somebody says hey so what do you think about Denver mm -hmm. he says well I didn't even know Denver had a downtown <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's you know and, and it was just a it was just a very it was the clearest example of okay not only do you have to uh, sell guys on the franchise but you have to well, almost have to teach them about the city so even, but even if you don't draft them Maybe years later, if it, in a free agent scenario, they understand what. Oh, that was conscious. I mean, you get these free, uh, draft guys, and we're not going to draft most years one or two guys. So, so to have that ability to connect with them and show them, Aloha and Rhino and Cherry Creek and go get an ice cream at Little Man. Um, you know, now Union Stationery is amazing. Uh, we had a couple drafts ago. We had three guys in the lottery wanted to come to Denver after the visit. Their agent said, you know. Draft me, draft me, draft One guy, actually, every time I see him, he still jokes like, should have took me. He's probably right. Um, but it's, you know, we have to sell the city. I was ignorant to how nice Denver was. You know, I had limited interaction with Denver. I'd been to a couple of CU games, went to a couple of Nuggets games, but I used to stay at the Marriott and walk to the arena. Right. And then I would drive to Boulder and stay at the Marriott there and say, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. It seems cool enough. It's, you know, it's better than a lot of cities, but I didn't know the depth of the neighborhoods. Um, I didn't know. Um, I had no clue how nice the weather was. The weather's <laughs> amazing. Actually, I was just texting with um, uh, a friend of mine who works for the Wizards, Sasha Jones, community relations. She, I said, what's up with the weather? And she goes, we're out here in Denver soon. Your weather better be good. I said, I promise you. Our weather will be good. <laughs> be yes, yeah. I promise you. So I, I, we got to sell the city, and it's not. It's a vibrant, happening city now. When you, in New York and L.A. now, five years ago, live in Denver. Oh, cool. Live in Denver. Oh, have you been to this restaurant? I've been there. I was just that. This area is great. So I think that the growth of Denver has meshed well with the growth of our team. And uh, we're proud of both. Just how important is that when you're talking about free agency, you're talking about draft picks wanting to be in Denver. How important is it that they embrace and want to be a part of the city? It's huge. If we you know we've 
had some pretty high level discussions about potential trade guys and we through back channels get to them and see what they think about our city and our team and if it's not if they're not positive or they're not upbeat about it then you know we, we quickly cut off those conversations uh, you can't make a guy like anything right uh, you don't want to uh, beg a person to be happy um you know if they're neutral cool but if they're kind of no i'm not feeling that we've heard that before i'm not feeling them really all right well <laughs> right. trades off then <laughs> um it, it's really important and i think um our league the guys are recognizing i think um, teams really enjoy coming to denver um, i think more and more people are ha have an appreciation for not just the city but this the surrounding mountains and um the centrality of it you know nationally how easy it is to get everywhere um, so um, i'm really proud of kind of our our league-wide curating um collectively um, i think that most players think denver's cool now yeah. uh so the team that's going to finish the season the start of the season uh it's a hundred percent roster turnover from the time that you got here not one single player is 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 here from the from the, from the time that you got here and i'm wondering when you look back at that <laughs> is it amazing that has gotten to this point <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't by design we look we had some really really good players and i, I didn't do a good job um trying to build all the success that uh, coach carl and masai had developed you know um we had some guys leave and to their defense um it, there wasn't a ton of stability when i got there you know trying to convince some of the free agents when i got here that Hey, I know we just hired a coach. I'm eight days in, our coach is six days in, but trust us. Um, <laughs> so I, I understood that there was going to be some, um, you know, there's going to be some change. Um, but it's, you know, there, we've lost some really, really good players. I mean, I'm so, I'm so proud of how Gallo's playing right now. Mm -hmm. you know? well, Wilson's helping the Clippers big time. So uh, Kenneth had a huge role in Houston right now. So, you know, losing guys, you still root for them, still have relationships with them, talk to those guys um, quite often. And I'm proud of those guys. I wish we'd had more success than they were here, but they're certainly a, a part of the reason we are here. Yeah. You can go. Uh, it, at what point, though, do you know, okay, this, this thing has to, you know, because when you came in, it was the, the team at 157, and it was, uh, we're just going to stay in the playoffs and, and tweak some things. Yeah. But at what point do you go, this, this can't be a tweak thing. This has to, we, we're going to have to really remake this situation. I think it was pretty quick. I think you know, the, the Gallo injury was certainly a uni unique one, and I'm, it's so neat to see. He's not just back, he's playing at the highest level he's ever playing. The guys, I, I text him all the time, he's making every shot. He's, <laughs> he's having such a great year. Um, look, you have to be honest, uh, you know, and from afar, I looked at Denver when I was at my previous team and I had pretty strong thoughts. And then you get into it and you're kind of mired in trying to sustain. Yeah. And that's not always the best approach to take, right? You have to, um, you know, you, you have to set the bar really, really high to cross your fingers and be lucky enough to be a Final Four team. Um, and it, it was fairly early in the process. We, we looked around and said, we're, we can't compete at that level and we're going the wrong way. And it was no fault of, of any individual player. It was the collective group that I, that I organized that wasn't working. So... I think it was a, it's kind of a fun and liberating moment when you say this isn't working. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, you know, take as many swings as we can in the draft um, because you're going to get draft picks wrong all the time. And the only thing that it, there's 18 million analytics about the draft, the only thing I, I'm pretty certain, the more chances you have, the better chance you have to be successful. Um, so, you know, let's draft guys that are kind of reflective of who we want to be and who we potentially can be and, um, you know, cross your fingers. It's without Nicola's success we're not here right now so that's luck um but I think um is it luck yeah it's a exactly. lot of, yeah, it's a lot of luck we had oh yeah we had 11 that year we could take him 11 and we had 16 <laughs> and 19 we could take him 16 and 19 so it's look it's not luck that we we saw a, a guy that had a chance to be a good NBA player yeah. but it's complete luck that he developed into 
you know, a, a real MVP candidate, <laughs> one of the top players in the world. That, that's certainly luck. Um, and, I, and also a lot of credit to Mo and his staff to allow a guy to play that, such an atypical style of basketball. You know, we had a real concern that if he would have stayed in Europe and went a more traditional path, uh, European coaches are not always the most creative with how they view pudgy 6'11 Serbian guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could end up being a backup at one of these high-level teams in Spain or Turkey, and now, um, you know, what do we have? So, um, no, it's tons, tons, tons of luck. I think it's 10% hard work. The other 90% hope that something goes your way. And, you know, so a couple of things have gone our way. Yeah. yeah, why do you think that you guys have been so successful in draft situations and then developing the draft picks to where they are now? <laughs> well, uh, the coaching staff's fantastic. Um, they put so much time and effort in the guys, uh, Steve, JB, Ogie, and then we have uh, Mo allows young guys to play through mistakes. It doesn't matter how much work you put in. If you're not put in real games, there's not going to be much development. And I, I think our collective staff is the best. Um, our Taurus, Calvin, Scott, Clib, Roth, Joe, uh, Marty's been a huge addition, Ben. Um, I, I think, um, you know, who knows what you have an eye for talent, right? It's not an exact science. It's not... I love this guy. You hate this guy. Who knows who's right, who's wrong? Mm -hmm. But I think we have um, a pretty strong collective eye for talent, and I think we challenge ourselves. You know, we don't. Um, I don't want my voice to be the loudest. I don't say I like, I like Chris Dempsey because he has a, a, a left left shoulder hook, and um, he never leaves the paint, which is pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about right. Pretty He's accurate. Got a <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and someone that guy doesn't. Didn't, we argue, you know, uh, and we want to argue again. Informed arguments. You right. can't argue unless you know the player. You can't argue unless you've seen them countless times. That you can reference statistical um, comps. And then at the end of the day, we've um, again we've been lucky. We've gotten uh, more right than wrong. We've gotten a lot wrong. Um, but I, I think our process is pretty sound, and I think it, it oftentimes gets to a place where the time at the time of the draft you feel so informed, mm -hmm. you're ready to make a pick. And even if you miss that pick, you say, yeah, that was an honest mistake. We, right. we really worked hard. We were wrong. And then when you're wrong, you go back and say, why were we wrong? Let the, what do we miss here? Um, and, and as we get better and better, it's more challenging because the time is not there for all these young guys. Mm -hmm. Gary came in so early in the process. He was the beneficiary of playing 82 games with not, no, not much expectation. So it's talk to younger guys now. The, the bar's higher. It's not as easy for you to play the minutes that these guys did early on. So that's been a challenge. Uh, I mean, a fun challenge. Um, but you know, everyone's path is different. Um, and, and as we get better and better, it's going to be harder to play. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like this is a, well, the process is evolving over, 100%. over time. I mean, it's a lot easier to play for a 30-win team than a, whatever we have right now. Yeah. You know, the, the minutes are more ample, and there's no responsibility. You can just play. Why is it – how difficult was it to – you know, you, you talk about not skipping steps. Mm -hmm. You know, Josh has said this many, many, many times uh, and staying patient with the process. But you know what? I mean, how difficult is it to do that knowing, you know, uh, it's kind of a what have you done for me lately and, and mm -hmm. all that kind of uh, the, the world that we kind of live in right Results now. Results now. Yeah. Yeah, it's challenging. And then uh, selfishly as a front office, we've had chances, I think, to, to skip steps and, and be better teams. And we've we've uh, said no to some really, really, really good players. Mm -hmm. uh, we said no because we believe in our, our young core. But you know, you can make selfish decisions, but we're not here to be selfish. We're here to, you know, what's best for the organization. Um, so there's times we've said no to trade, and some of our guys are like, oh, if we did that trade, we're gonna win 55. Yeah, but then a year from now, where are we? We're not a championship level team. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. That guy's not our type of guy. He's not a guy that we can build upon and kind of continue to foster the culture that we're proud of. So that's difficult at times. Again, some of the names that have been thrown our way, it's a testament to how well our young players develop and how um, highly they're thought of league-wide, but it, it's not always fun to say no to these guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> They're really, really good players. 
So you've talked a lot about the personalities on this team, your relationships you kept with even old players that don't play for the Nuggets anymore, but this locker room in particular is so colorful. How are you managing those relationships and how have you built those over time? It's gotta be organic, it's gotta be real. You can't force relationships on guys. Um, I genuinely like the players on our team and there's different areas we all connect. Um, like I said, Will Barton's an easy one. Baltimore we have so many common friends we have uh, he's also obsessed with basketball um, Monte Morris college basketball he's my guy so yeah. there's well, I'm watching the game like what do you think of this guy we're all, all over that he also uh, Monte and Nicola live like a block from me so that's simple um, but it, it's like, the relationships are what make it fun and if you don't have those relationships it doesn't matter how good a player they are it's um, you know find guys that you like to be around like, through that you're able to have tough conversations if you don't have a relationship, you can't go to a guy and say, hey, man, we need you to do this or this is unacceptable. You can't only talk to guys when you need them yeah. or you can't only talk to guys when you're there to discipline them. It's got to be a constant process. It's, you know, we have some great family guys on our team going to their sons and daughters birthday parties and having dinner with them or you know, the older guys having a drink with them and talking about where we are. Because at some moment, you're going to have to have a real conversation with them, whether positive or negative. And it's insincere and disingenuous if you have only those conversations. And quite often the audience isn't receptive. You know, when, when did you learn that? You know, when did it, when did it become apparent to you? Listen, uh, this has to be a, a, a 360 view of a person before we can. I, I think that's fortunate. I've had that my whole life. A big it. family, two great parents. I uh, grew up in a very diverse environment. Um, you'll see about 100 of them tonight at the game. <laughs> uh, I'll claim about eight of them. <laughs> Like my high school coach, yes, for 12 tickets. Oh, wow. All right, that's easy. <laughs> 12, that's a, um, So I, I think, um, again, the environment that I grew up in was, you know, you connect with people. You, you find commonalities. You respect people. You don't have to see the, the world in the same, same, through the same lens, but you have to be nice and you have to be able to um, have a conversation with anybody. And I think, um, like, kind of back to an earlier point, professional sports has become so, the stakes are so high and the patience is so limited and it's become so corporate um, that those relationships are oftentimes you know, just not there and that's not fun you know I, it, it, I i can't tell you how many guys i talked to that that we've had in europe um that i had that we've traded we've cut they're still great guys it's just you know it's uh personnel not personal you know a term we use quite a bit <laughs> um so it's the relationships make it fun without the relationships this job wouldn't be that enjoyable Let's talk uh, about your extension mm -hmm. a little bit too and just how that evolved. What were the conversations like leading up to it? And mm -hmm. for you, as the team mm -hmm. kept being more successful, <laughs> were you more and more excited about the opportunity to stick around? You know what? To be brutally honest, I didn't think I was deserving of an extension. I mean, we're here in year six, no playoffs. There's no way to sugarcoat that. The ultimate indicator and barometer of success in professional sports wins and losses. And we, 10 years before we went and then five years uh, I think I've referenced to you Chris it's like behind the music with VH1 when yeah. like they go dark and they, they see me at my press conference and then 2013 came you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I told um, you know we were really committed to getting Mo done um, and, and Josh stepped up and, and that, that was a really impactful thing to do to send a message to, um, to our team that, that you know how much we believe in Mo and it's so deserving and, and we're so excited. Um, I, I didn't, I told Josh, I didn't want to have any conversations this year because again, I really didn't believe that we deserved it. Let's see if we're a good enough team. If we don't make the playoffs this year, then you know, shake my hand and I'll be back here. Wow. Bar backing or JV basketball, whatever it may be. <laughs> um, so, you know, Josh is such a, he's been so overly patient and, and bought into this crazy vision of building around this 
you know, 6'11", unathletic <laughs> playmaker. Um, you know, he's always like, no, but let's do it. Let's do it. So listen, Josh, honestly, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not doing that to negotiate. I really believe it's, mm -hmm. I'd like to go into your office at the end of the year and, and feel good about where we are. And if we don't feel good about where we are, then, um, then I don't deserve this job. Um, so he, he was, he was pretty aggressive. Um, and you know, we were lucky enough to um, get our staff done. And then, um, you know, Josh and I have such a unique relationship, there was no, it was discussion, not negotiation. Mm -hmm. Hey, Josh, I don't care. I mean, it's, you, you've shown so much faith in what we're doing. You gave me an extension last time, which certainly was not deserved. Um, so whatever you think, I'll sign. Um, um, so it was easy. It was quick. It was painless, like most things are with the Cronkies. Um, and, and the most exciting part was we were able to get the staff done. So it's, you know. Were you adamant that the staff be done? Absolutely. As well, as well? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, it's beyond me how some of these, um, throughout all sports, they'll get a deal done and you'll call. This isn't GM. You good? No. I'm like, what do you mean you're not good? <laughs> right. like that's, again, it's, you have to hold yourself to the same level of accountability that we hold our players to. It's not being a good teammate, you know, if, if you're just worried about yourself. It's yeah. not, it, that's not how we're going to do things in Denver. So it, it was a, a really fun weekend for our staff um and, and it's i think it's uh reflective of all the hard work and again without the patience of the Kroenke family uh we'd have been on the street a long time ago so was josh trying to get the deal done throughout the earlier parts of the season were there conversations like there, that very casual conversations okay. not like he would say something i'd say no i mean <laughs> no. it was whatever whenever he said it, i said yes <laughs> um we went i went to his house watched a game one night it was you know again the relationship that I'm lucky enough to have with Josh is so unique and, and so, so real that I said, Josh, I'm not going to come here and say, this guy makes that, this guy makes this, this guy makes that, um, you know, whatever you think, you, you know what the financial lay of the land looks like. Um, I, I think we're very early on in this process. I don't think we've done anything as of yet. Um, you know, we, we had some success, but, um, we still had, at that point had yet to clinch the playoffs. Um, so it, it was, the ball was firmly in his corner because it deservedly so, um, so it was a, a simple and seamless process. And then I actually landed in, um, I landed to see a St. Joe's Davidson game in Charlotte. All right, let's announce the deal. I said, all right, I guess the deal's done. <laughs> cool. Um, and that night I was going to go to the Scott game. I said, don't Scott the game, let's go hang out. It was, it was a really fun evening with um, uh, Josh and Stan and just kind of talk about where we came. And it was a, a culmination of a lot of hard work. And it was um, one of the, the more enjoyable nights I've had in, in my you know, 23 years in the NBA. We're sitting here with uh, Tim Conley, Denver Nuggets president of basketball operations, and we're coming on down to the end here. Well, uh, but, but really this, this will be over. Sweet 16 will be. <laughs> Whenever you guys watch this, the game started 26 minutes ago. We're in Chris's presidential suite, and the TV's not on. It's, it, it's killing him. It's killing him. Yeah. So we only have 27 more questions for you. Yes. You know what? For, for you guys, the games that I want to watch probably start at like 1-8. Uh, like, there's a 3 o'clock game I really want to watch, a 4-30 game I really want to watch. You're fine. There you go. Oh, good. We're good. So we have hours. We're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what are you looking forward to most once the playoffs start? What, what, what's, the, what's the new goal for you when you look at the expectation level of this team this year? That's a great question. There's two things. I think it's, it's fascinating how if you enter the season, we, we always put our, what I think we're going to win, our staff does. And now that we're there, we've, we're probably going to exceed a lot of the numbers. So now there's a, there's a new reality. Now it's if we don't go to the West Conference Finals. It's, <laughs> so I think how do we temper expectations and, and – you guys can speak to it. I think our team, the, the less they think, the better they are. I think they're just kind of mellow guys that are good at basketball. And, oh, okay, we're playing Golden State, okay. Boston, okay. Um, 
I, I don't want to put too much on their plate. I mean, it's the old scene from Hoosiers, right? When <laughs> the bass is still 10 feet. Um, so I don't know what we're going to look like in the playoffs. I'm excited. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think we have uh, some guys that are ready for the playoffs, that their games are made for playoff basketball. Certainly, Paul, Mason, IT are the only guys that have real playoff experience. But when I look at Nicola's ability to close games right now, yeah. that's, you know, uh, when I look at the success we've had in close games, uh, Jamal and Nicholas, uh, you know, two-man game, I look at our fourth-quarter defense, those are things that kind of get you excited. Like, that's what the playoffs about, fourth-quarter defense, being able to close games, a closer, um, versatile t- a team, shot makers, depth. These are all things that generally play well in the playoffs, but I don't know what we're going to look like when the lights go on. The West is so talented. Um, any team we play could beat us and vice versa. Um, but the other day I walked to the game and I actually told uh, Mr. K this, my favorite time of the year, and it's been a long time for me, is when it's uh, daylight saving time is over, and or it starts it over, which I don't know which one is. When it starts. Start. Yes, starts? Starts. All right. Well, when it starts. <laughs> when there's more sun. The when one that just sun. happened. The yes. days are longer. <laughs> when it's 6 o'clock and sunny or 5, and you're, I, I live downtown, walk to work, and you get that, that feeling of excitement. And I was walking the game the other day, and it was like 5 o'clock. I went home to change. And there was people tailgating and there was people at bars with nugget stuff on and a realization that that energy will be 10 times mm-hmm. in three weeks. That's There's nothing to me that, that makes it more exciting than, than that playoff energy. And the fans are so starved for it. They haven't seen it in a long, long time. And, and you know, if we continue to play well, home court, you know, how great would that be that game one's in Denver mm-hmm. and how the Pepsi Center has been amazing this year. The fans have been great. So to me as a fan, I love that. I love I used to do it when we were in the playoffs. Walk into the arena on you know, an April day, and it's still sunny out. You see everyone at the bars and the the gear. It's There's nothing better. Is this team, coaches, players, what you hoped it would be? Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's collectively that couldn't be any prouder of the whole team. It's um, and, and, and we say team. It's Some people say bas- uh, coaches and front office. We're basketball operations. We're all, we're all the same. Um, so I think – we had very high expectations. Again, did I expect us to be sitting here on a thir- the first day of the NCAA tournament, number one in the West? Absolutely not. Uh, but I think it's a, a huge testament to all the hard work that our coaching staff and players have put in. Tim, we really appreciate Thank you. you. No being funny questions at the end. Nothing. Uh, no. You gotta start with the game was show your, and then your, finish straight. Was your family happy that they get to stay in Denver? Uh, my, yeah, my wife is the best. Without her, you know, she. <laughs> My, the my kids wife. were good. The kids, uh, the kids are really into Rocky's house. That's what they say. Oh, Rocky's really? house. Uh, now, without my wife, there's no way I do this because she's the ultimate leveler. You know. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm always happy in front of you guys. I'm always happy in front of her, and she's probably <laughs> the only person who sees. I, I despise moodiness, and she kind of sees moodiness at times because of. Look, it's hard. It's hard when the successes and failures are so public. It's, <laughs> I don't read anything. Um, um, but I know when something really bad's written, she'll come home like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like, you sure? Like, <laughs> must have been a bad article today. Um, so she certainly keeps me balanced, keeps me um, level-headed, and um, she's really um, all into Denver, and it's it's neat to see. Both her kids were born in Denver. Both are Denver kids. Um, yeah. You know, we got to get them on the ski slopes. They've never been to a mountain in their life. <laughs> um, so it's we're super fortunate to be in such a great city around such great people and such great colleagues. Um, even, even, even you, Dems, even you, you and Kaz. It's a great place to be. Well, we're we're very fortunate to have you um, as an organization and here at this twenty four. You have K nothing, podcast. no jokes, no anything. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna not, let, I'm not gonna have like Katie ask the question. You got nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
I have nothing. Jeez, Who's your Chris. pick in the bracket? Can you uh, pick? Can I'm you? gonna go um, Florida State. Whoa, <laughs> for. Now we have no, now you, we have Dempsey. another now we have another hour to go on this podcast. <laughs> Listen, there, there's a, my brother with the Florida State. Oh, gotcha. I used to work with those guys, and you can't pick a one or two <laughs> if you really want to win. Did. Like Chris picked. Uh, Chris likes Duke, the Yankees, <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots, yeah. yeah. I think I had Purdue in my Final Four. Not that they're going to win yeah. the title, right, but yeah. I have it there. Who, Gonzaga. Who, Gonzaga. Yeah. See, I'm trying to win no, I'm, I'm my bracket. I'm hun- trying to win them. This is going my heart, and you got to go. You know, my family has a bracket every year, and I just it takes me two seconds. My mom usually wins it. She doesn't watch a game all year because <laughs> I'm going with my heart for sure. And you got to go with the team that's not a one or two if you really want to win. Generally, yeah. yeah. I did some research on this. Duke Gonzaga. Huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was at the first Duke Gonzaga game in Hawaii. What a game. Yeah, that oh was a great gosh, game. Oh my gosh, that was that a great, was a great game. game. We'll see that again in the Final Four. <laughs> According to my bracket. <laughs> I like your bracketology with yeah. CD. There Tim, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. We'll see you again on the next 24K podcast.